Hello, and welcome to the Pursuit City Church podcast. Our mission is to lead people to know the love of Jesus Christ. Our prayer is that you will feel encouraged as well as challenged through the Word of God. If you need prayer or want to share your story, please send an email to info at PursuitCC.com. Get ready to enjoy this message. God bless. Isn't God good? God is so good. It was already a good word this morning, man. Just uh, before church and the team's meeting, it was really good. And then through worship, it was really good. We serve a good God. So, you know, I'm always nervous. I always tell everybody this. I'm always nervous. Um, I've done a lot of weddings over the years, and I always tell the people at a wedding, I'll talk to the bride and groom, I always say, you know what? At the end of the service, no matter what happens, you're going to be married. So at the end of this, it's going to be done. Y'all aren't going to know if I mess up or not because I'm pretty nervous today. I don't know why, but I'm nervous. Anyways, I've, first I just want to say thanks for allowing me to stand up here. I want to say thanks to pastor. Pastor's at home resting. We need to keep him in prayer um, and his family. We have a, a tremendous pastor and pastor's wife and kids are tremendous people, tremendous ministers, and I, I, really, um, I really enjoy sitting underneath them. I'm not here all the time. I do a lot of traveling. As everybody knows, I'm, I'm gone more than half the year, but I always enjoy either um, watching on Facebook when I'm able to or sitting here and, and um, experiencing it in person. So anyways... Um, I've preached a lot of message over the years. I've been saved um, since um, about 85, back in the 1900s, a long time ago. <laughs> a long time ago, it seems like. But, I was, yeah, I was saved in 85, and um, youth pastor a few different times, preached a lot of messages, assistant pastor for many years, senior pastor for quite a few years, then just on and off over the last 15 years or so. And I think this message is one of the most important messages. And it just was given to me here recently. Um, and I, as I was studying for it and as I was reading these scriptures, and even this morning as I was thinking about this, I just seen, I just started seeing different people over the course of my life that suffered from this, I'm going to call it a pandemic, a disease. And I know, I don't watch any movie that has to do with any kind of pandemic anymore. It's just like, oh, I'm done with it. You know, I'm just done with it. Probably as a lot of you are, just done with it. But I've seen this pandemic, and it isn't something that just started in the last year, two years, three. It's been going on for... For many, many years, I've seen pastors that have stepped off the pulpit and walked away from not only the ministry, but from, from the body of Christ. I've seen Christians growing up that were strong, and all of a sudden they are, they are broken and, and beat up and a shell of a person what they used to be. I've seen new Christians never even make it. And through the course of this studying, 
I thought, it's a pandemic. You know, we can put on our Sunday clothes. I went out, I just flew in two days ago. And first thing, man, get off the plane. Stacy says, hey, let's go buy you some new clothes for Sunday. So I bought me a new shirt, new pants. Actually, I bought two new, two new pair of pants. And so then yesterday, I'm talking to my wife and pull out all my new clothes. And I put them on. And I put on a pair of shoes I pulled out of the trash can the other day. It's a really nice pair of shoes, though. I really wanted to wear them. They're lime green. They're really nice. Brand new almost. Anyways, I put one, one of my new shoes on that I pulled out of the trash can, one of these shoes on, and I'm looking at Stacy and saying, what do I wear? Dark pants, light pants, green shoe, or my hey dudes? And she said, definitely the hey dudes and the dark jeans. So I went to Toby, asked Toby the same thing. Toby said, definitely the hey dudes and the dark jeans. And then Madeline said, wear either shoe you want. They'll both look good. And the light jeans. Yes, at least I got the light jeans. But I put on my Sunday clothes. I put on what looks good. And a lot of people, I put on their, their Sunday clothes to cover up what's on the inside. And I see, I've seen this for many, many years. Pastors and, and church workers and leaders, they put on their Sunday clothes, but on the inside, they're broken, they're beat up, they're hurting. They can barely move. They come in and the pastors will preach a message and minister and minister and minister and, and give all that they have, but on the inside, they're empty, they're hurting, they can barely make it, and one day they walk away. The same thing with church workers and just good folk that come. One day you'll look around and you'll think, well, where did they go? What happened to so-and-so? And this is a pandemic that's disguised with Sunday clothes, a smile on your face. I was taking some pictures with Stacy a little while ago. She said, put on a real smile. And I thought, this is my real smile. So <laughs> how I smile. Anyways, I am going to be reading out of the book of Mark. So I have two different versions here. The version that's on this paper that I kind of studied for and the version that Hagen told me I had to read out of. <laughs> no. Yes. <laughs> what it was is we didn't have the, I was going to read out of the Holman's version. And we didn't have it, so I'm going to be reading out of the ESV this morning. And I'm going to be reading out of Mark chapter 6, verse number, I'm going to start with number 1 and 2. But we're going to do quite a bit of reading. I, I know that it's a little bit warm in here for some people. And I'm hoping I can get through this. Um, yeah, I'm hoping I can get through all of this. It's really important. So... Let's just read verses number one and two. So I, I do travel a lot, and I'm just used to traveling in luggage. I get home, and my luggage usually sits next to my bed for a week or two. Then I finally take care of it after I unpack, and then I pack it back up and get to work and unpack and pack it. It's, but we're going to spend a little bit of time unpacking today. We're going to unpack some stuff because I think we have some stuff that we need to see inside of ourselves today. So Mark chapter 6, verse number 1 says, He went away from there 
and came to his hometown. And his disciples followed him. And on the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many who had heard him were astonished, saying, where did this man get these things? What is the wisdom given to him? How are such mighty works done by his hands? Very familiar set of verses. I know you've all probably read it a hundred times or heard messages on it a hundred times. But I believe through the power of the Holy Spirit, it's going to be fresh for us this morning. So we went away from there. First of all, we need to know where he went and came from. So Jesus was born in Bethlehem, right? He grew up in Nazareth, but he spent a good part of his ministry in Capernaum. So he went away from there. He was in Capernaum. He left Capernaum. Capernaum's a little fishing village on the Sea of Galilee. And he went from there, population of about 1,500 at the time, about 150,000 now, but about 1,500 people at the time. Traveled around the area. People loved him there, ministered there, healed people there, raised the dead around there. I mean, a lot of stuff happened in Capernaum. He went from there and traveled about 20, 25 miles northwest and to a little town that he grew up in. It was his hometown, Nazareth. I can just kind of see right now, because his disciples were following him. I think it was, uh, you're going to follow me, right? The disciples just, how many disciples do we have here this morning? We have a lot of disciples here this morning, right? We have a lot. We got some people looking on online. Disciples. A disciple is someone that wants to learn, so we're going to learn something. So all his disciples are following him because Jesus has something to show them, I, I believe. That's why they're following him, because Jesus has something for him. So I can just see them all excited. You know, Jesus, man, he's going to go home. He's going to minister. He's going he's to heal some sick people, maybe even raise some dead. Some things are going to happen. I bet you they're excited because they're following Jesus. They're excited. And Jesus gets to his hometown and things start to happen. When the Sabbath comes, he began to teach. And his disciples are probably like, yeah, here, here it comes. The word's coming out. These people are, man, these are the people that love him. It's his family. It's his old friends, his old buddies that he used to hang out with years ago. They're going to be excited. Sure enough, let's read this. And he began to teach in the synagogue. And many who heard him were astonished. Where did this man get these things? They said, what is the wisdom given to him? And how are these miracles being performed by his hands? So here we go. Number one is the symptoms. So what we're going to talk about today is the cause, the symptoms, the evidence that it's a pandemic because the pandemic spreads, the cure, the results of the cure. So here it is. Where did, no, I just read that out of the Holmans. Sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna read it again out of the Holmans. What is the wisdom given to him? And how are these miracles performed by his hands? Isn't this the carpenter? Here it goes right here. The son of Mary and the brothers of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? And aren't his sisters here with us now? And they were, what does it say? 
They took offense. Holman says they were offended. They took offense. These are the people that love him. They took offense at him. They weren't like, ooh, this is Jesus. I remember Jesus. Man, look at him go. He's preaching. Wow, this is great. He's one of us. That's, that's, that's my old friend. Look at him go. Man, he's healing a few people. Wow, this is great. No. They took offense. They were offended. I don't understand that. They were offended. I don't understand this. How can they be offended? I just don't understand how they can be offended at a loved one, at a, at a brother. So I titled this message, Muddy Feet. This is the pandemic right here. Muddy Feet. The cause of muddy feet is being stuck in a swamp. Well, actually, being stuck in the swamp is the cause of muddy feet. The disease is muddy feet. That's what they named it, or I named it. Have you ever walked in some mud before? Like deep mud. I'm not talking about a little bit of mud. I'm talking deep mud. Back when I was a, a kid back in the 1900s, a long time ago, I used to do a lot of different things, frogging. I don't know if you ever went frogging or not, but did a lot of crazy stuff. Anyways, we'd be walking through these swamps that have either my shoes on or my boots on, usually shoes, even on occasion of flip-flops. But I'd be walking and be like, you'd be sinking in the mud, man. It'd be like, oh, and you'd pull your foot out and all of a sudden, oh, man, my foot, my shoe just got stuck in the mud. And you'd be all dirty, all filthy. And it was hard to move. It was hard to just to get anywhere. And you'd have mud all over. You'd be all dirty. This is one of the symptoms. This is one of the symptoms right here. It says, I'll read this out of the English Standard Version. Isn't this a carpenter? They didn't even refer to, they knew who this man was. They're not pulling the wool over our eyes. They didn't say, oh, this is Jesus. They referred to him by his title. This is, isn't this the carpenter? They didn't even have the decency to refer to him by his name. Isn't this the carpenter? Then it gets worse. Isn't this the, the son of Mary? You don't do that. They never did that. That's not the culture there. They always referred to them by the father's name. This was an insult. Isn't this the son of Mary? Or maybe they didn't know who the father was. Yeah, whole another scandal there, right? Isn't this the son of Mary? And his brothers, James, Joseph, and Judas, and Simon? And aren't his sisters here with us now? Here's a symptom right here. They were rude. I don't know if you know anybody that, that even Christians, even pastors on occasion, are just rude sometimes. I don't know if you've ever seen that before. I've seen it a lot. It's like, ooh, man, you're a Christian? Okay, I'll pray for you too. They're rude. 
This is one of the symptoms of having muddy feet. You're, you sometimes just, you kind of lash out, not purposefully. You don't intend to, to, to go talk to somebody and just kind of lash out at them. It just happens. It just comes out of your mouth. It's like, ooh, where did that come from? One time back, back in the 1900s when I was first saved, <laughs> I got to stop saying that. I cussed. I don't cuss. I, I don't like cussing. People cuss around me, and I, I just don't cuss. And one time I was talking to an old friend of mine, Jimmy Don Davis, long gone, but good friend of mine back in the day. And I let something out of my mouth, and he said, I said, dang, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to have that come out. He said, well, I'm glad it came out. It's no longer in you. But sometimes we just, we just kind of lash out. But that's, one of the, that's an evidence of that there's something in you. you you're, you've been stuck. Or here's another symptom. Just like right here. They took offense at him. They weren't excited for him. They were offended. How many Christians do you know that get offended so easy? It's like, ooh, I've got to walk around eggshells around them. Because of offense, they, they carry a spirit of offense. They're easily injured. They're easily hurt. Even though that you don't think you did anything, but it's like, whoo, you just, you got to watch out what you say around brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so. Easily offended. Easily hurt that way. It's not their fault, though, I, I, because this is a pandemic. And I know a lot of people that, I know a lot of sick people right now. It's not their fault they're sick. It's not. They weren't taught the cure, and that's what we're going to do today. Here's another symptom. Not accepting that God can use you. Not accepting that God can use you. Judging a book by its cover. Man, that's a big one right there. We, we see people walking into the church. I told this story, I think, the last time I was up here. Picked up that hitchhiker. Y'all remember that? And I seen this guy. I like to pick up hitchhikers. Anyways, I seen this guy walking. And, man, he was pretty rough looking. Really rough looking. I almost didn't stop. But I thought, nah, I'm going to stop. Opened up the door. Now, I like, I like to get him in my truck because then I can just minister to him. Where are you going to go? Okay, that's how much time I got. Let's go. Anyways, I picked this guy up, and he starts witnessing to me. I didn't expect that. It was great, though. We had a great conversation. Can't judge a book by its cover. Can't. When you see somebody, you can't like, oh, yeah, I don't trust that so-and-so. You know, look how they look. Judging a book by its cover. Unbelief. Not seeing the gift of God or God move in you. These are some of the symptoms. Now, let's move on to the evidence that this is a pandemic. Let's go to John. John chapter 1, verse number 43. Okay. Here we are, we're, we're at the beginning of Jesus' ministry here. He's going around 
um, gathering up his, his, his crew. He's getting them all together, calling them fish. Hey, follow me and I'll make you fisher of men. And so here we are um, in John chapter 143. The next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. And Philip was from Bersheba, um, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael. So in the book of John, it's Nathanael. In the other, in the other gospels, it's Bartholomew. So he has two names here, but it's the same person. So when you're reading the other stories, it's the same person. You'll see it. He found Nathanael and said to, said to him, We have found him who Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus. We found him. I can just see, I can just see his excitement. Philip saying, man, I found him. One of the first missionaries really to, to go out and to, to find others. Hey, we found him. It's Jesus. We got him. And I can see Nathaniel saying, what? They go smile on his face. What, Jesus? He's, he's here now? Yeah, Jesus of Nazareth. Of Nazareth? What did he say? Man, that's great. No. It says, go to the next verse. Nathaniel said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Can anything good? See, Nazareth had a reputation. It says, back in the day, it was 200 people. It was a little bitty town. Bunch of rumors, bunch of gossip. If it was today, a little town of 200, probably be drug-ridden. You know how these little towns, y'all know little towns. I'm not going to call any little towns around here. I don't want to offend anybody. But there's some little towns. They got some big problems. Nazareth. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? There it goes, right there. Can anything good? We know about those people over there. It spreads. Rumors, gossip, offense, hurting, backstabbing. Can anything good? Then all of a sudden I read that. And I realized something right there. Go back to where we were. Go back to John. Or back to Mark, rather, excuse me. Man, I forgot my own name there for a second. Verse number three. Well, actually, let's go back to verse number two. And on the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many who heard him were astonished. This isn't a good astonishment, because we all know that. They were sick. They had muddy feet for being stuck in the mud. So this was a bad astonishment. It wasn't a good astonishment, saying, where did this man get these things? What wisdom was given to him? How are such mighty works done by his hands? Isn't this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of Joseph? James and, uh, um, James and Joseph and Judas and Simon aren't his sisters here with us now? And they took offense. 
Just like Nathaniel said, can anything good come from Nazareth? I don't think they were offended that Jesus, I don't think it was that. I think it was something different. I think it was they were saying, can anything good, he's one of us. Jesus is one of us. He lived with us. He grew up here. I think it's more of a, can anything good come from me? Can anything good come from us? Yeah, they had their Sunday clothes on. They're all at the synagogue, and they're thinking, can anything good come from us? And I think that's where a lot of us are at now. And, I, and I've, when I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about all these pastors, and, and even this morning as I was sitting back there and, and listening to, I'm nothing without you. I need you. I, need, I am weak and you are strong. I need you. And I think so many people, they, they, they look at themselves and they, they look on the inside and think, man, can anything good come from me? I'm broken. I'm hurt. I've, I've done so many things wrong. I was abused as a child. Can anything good come from me? I've had too many husbands. Can anything good come from me? I've had too many wives. I wasn't a good father, a good mother, good husband, good wife. Can anything good come from me? We walk around hurt. We walk around with, yeah, we, we covered up good. We come in here with our, our nice clothes on, our, our smile on our face. But on the inside, we're thinking, can anything, is there's nothing good in me? We come in here hurt. We raise our hands and worship a God that wants to touch us, that wants to heal us, that wants to set us free, and we leave here hurt. And pretty soon we don't come back. Because no one recognizes it. We don't recognize the hurt in people. We don't see it. Because we come in here with a smile on our face. They didn't, I don't think they really rejected Jesus. I think they were rejecting themselves. But there is a cure. In Mark 6, 6, the second part of that, I only read the first part. No, let's, let's back up. Actually, let's go to 4. I'm not finished there. And then Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own town and among his own relatives and his own household. That's sometimes the hardest place to minister. It really is. Sometimes it's the hardest people to witness to is your own family. They don't really receive from you. So a lot of times I've never, I mean, I've witnessed to every one of my brothers and sisters, and, but it is harder. So I always pray, God, send somebody they'll listen to because they're not going to listen to me. They know me. One time I was in a movie theater and we had bought every ticket. Our church had bought every ticket to The Passion of the Christ. We bought them out, the whole theater. We bought the theater out like two weeks in a row, there wasn't a seat available. We didn't keep the tickets for ourselves, we just kind of gave them away. 
just gave them to people. Here, come and watch this movie for free. You can just go watch it. Man, we packed that theater, theater all the time with a couple weeks that that movie played. Then at the, end of the, um, at the end of the movie, I'd get up and do a short little um, um, salvation message, and a group of our people would be outside ministering and witnessing, and one time this guy walked in and seen me. He says, Mark, you're pastor in this church? I know you. You can't fool me. You can't fool me. Enjoy the movie, brother. <laughs> That's all you can say, right? Can't be rude. A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown, among his own relatives, and his own household. And he could not do any mighty works there. Here's another symptom. That's, this is part of it. You know, we're talking about Jesus here, first of all. It says he could not. We're not used to seeing that, right? Does it say that up there? He could not. We always think, man, this is God. He can do anything. But he could not do any miracles. There are not many. Except for heal a few sick people. And they marveled because of their unbelief. They marveled because of their unbelief. And he marveled, rather, because of There's only two places in the Bible where it says Jesus was marveled. Here's one of them. At their unbelief, the other one was with the centurion guard that came to Jesus and said, hey, heal my son, but you don't need to come to my house. I, I know I'm a, I'm a man of authority. When I say you do, they do it. Same thing with you. Jesus said, man, I've never seen such great faith. He was marveled at his, their, his faith. Here, the lack of faith. And the only two times Jesus marveled. Man, I kind of got myself lost here. Three different things I'm looking at. That's okay. Okay. I think I jumped ahead of myself, but let's move on. Mark chapter 6, verse number 7. Here's the keyword. This is the keyword. We've seen the symptoms. We've seen the evidence that it spreads, so it's a pandemic. We know that it's we know that it's because we, we've gotten stuck in the mud. We can't hardly move. We've got muddy feet. The mud's getting all over us because of hurts, because of wounds, because of past mistakes. But there's, here's the cure right here. In verse number 7, And he called the twelve, and he began to send them out two by two, and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. Now I want you to know, this is not a, um, a guide for you to go out and minister. This was a specific time. We don't send people out. Don't take anything with you. Don't even take an extra pair of clothes. We don't do that. But here they were doing that. This is not a guide for us today. Um, sent them out two by two and gave them authority over unclean spirits. He charged them to take nothing for their journey except, um, except a staff, no bread, 
no bag, no money in the belts, but wear sandals and put on a tunic. And he said to them, whenever you enter a house, stay there until you depart from there. And if any place will not receive you and will not listen to you, when you leave, I know it's going to hurt, but just kind of keep it on the inside. You, you'll get toughened up, he's saying. So when you leave, just, just kind of like, don't tell anybody. I know it hurt that they didn't receive from you. I know that they were probably rude to you, but, but just kind of keep it on the inside. Maybe tell one of your friends that house over there didn't receive you, that so-and-so didn't like you. Maybe tell one person, but, but you'll get callous to it. You, you'll get callous to the hurt, the rejection. You'll get callous to the fears of knocking on the next door. You'll get callous to it. And all of a sudden you realize you're, you're, you're sinking. Pretty soon you're so callous, you're, you're just sinking and you can, you can barely get through because it's just, it's hard to move. Because we didn't listen to the cure. We got this mud on us from year after year after year of serving the Lord and being rejected because we're different. We're a new creature in Christ, right? We're different from everybody else. And, and our brothers and our sisters and our parents, sometimes they reject us because We we're different. But Jesus told them to shake it off. Shake it off. Get that dirt off of you. Don't leave it on you. Shake it off. But not me. That's not what I was told all my life. Yeah, you're going to get rejected. Just, just deal with it. It'll be all right. You'll get stronger. Oh, I did. I've knocked on every door in Rockport, I think. Talked to probably 50 to 60% of those people that still live there. Whether it be standing on the platform or knocking on their door or walking down the beach or in HEB or Walmart. I know I was rejected a lot of times. I had one person jump in their car, peeling out, throwing gravel all over me. They were so mad. It's like, oh, I'm just going to deal with this. And over the years, it hurts. The rejection hurts. But thank God I was able to shake it off because I'm still standing here today. Thank God I was able to, but there's so many people around us that, well, they're not around us. I've seen people in this church leave and I don't, I don't know where they're at. That's my bad because I should go out chasing them, but people have been hurt. But the cure is to shake it off. And we do that with prayer. Once this, this dirt gets been built up on us and, and hurting, we need to learn to pray for each other. Brother and brother, we need to, Caleb, when you're hurting, man, you and I, we need to pray for each other. Brandon or, or Hagen or any of you men out here. Reach out to Pastor Matt. Say, Pastor, 
I need prayer. Shake it off. Don't hide it. on. We, we hide so much stuff on the inside. We don't want people to know our business. I'm not saying post it on Facebook or nothing. I'm just saying get with a friend and say, I just need some prayer. Get that off of you, that hurt, that rejection. We've been building it up for so long. Sometimes we just need to go and say, brother, man, I've got some stuff in my life. I, I need just to, I need some prayer. Maybe it's caught up in pornography. Oh, that's a big one right there. That's a real big one. Multi-billion dollar business right there. A lot of people in church. I had a, a member of my church one time. He wasn't just a member. He sat on my board. Very strong Christian. I'll tell you two stories. Very strong Christian. Looked up to the guy. Came up to me and said, Mark, confessed it. Him and I and his wife, we dealt with it. He's still serving the Lord today. If he would have stayed there in that sin, in that, no telling what would have happened. Meth will take you a long ways that you don't want to go. I also had another woman in my church one time. Love this family. She was going to school. She was an older lady, not older, but my age older, back, back in the 1900s. One day I was ministering and all of a sudden I seen her stand up and walk out of the church and I left the pulpit, went right out that door. The Holy Spirit just apprehended me and I walked right out that door following her and I said, you're having trouble hearing the Lord, aren't you? And she says, Pastor, I'm addicted to cocaine. She never was before that. She was starting to, she went to college late in life and struggling with, with family, with staying awake, and all of a sudden someone offered her, hey, this will help you. She was addicted to cocaine. Almost pulled her out of church, out of fellowship. But she confessed, we dealt with it, and she's free today. It's when we hide stuff, when we put stuff on the inside, and don't, sisters, y'all need to go to each other. Shake it off. And sometimes, especially when it gets so thick on us, sometimes we just have to pray and fast. Seek the Lord and say, Lord, I'm no longer going to let that abuse slow me down. We've got things to do. I'm no longer going to let that hurt slow me down. I need to shake it off. And it's going to happen through love, through prayer, not by keeping it inside, not by trying to keep it bottled up. Shake it off. What's going to happen when you shake it off? I'll tell you what's going to happen. You're going to discover who you are. Listen to what Jesus said in verse number four. And Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor in his home, except in his hometown. Jesus knew who he was. He knew a prophet. He didn't let that hurt him. He just left Capernaum. He was, he was battling the Pharisees and Sadducees over there. He didn't let that stop them, but he knew that he had to teach the disciples how to push through. That's why they followed him. So you got to know who you are. 
And who are you? I am saved. I am complete. I am chosen. I'm forgiven. I'm a new creation. I'm a child of God. I am redeemed. I am light and not darkness. I am justified. I am free. I am more than a conqueror. I am the temple of God. I am called. I am cre I'm created for good works. That's my favorite verse. I am safe in Christ. I am victorious. I am not condemned. I am no longer a slave. I am accepted. I'm ambassador for Christ. I am healed. I'm beautiful. I'm strong. I'm, I'm significant. I'm blessed. I'm alive. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, and I am not stuck in no mud because I've got a purpose for my life, and you have a purpose for your life, a plan for your life. Do not allow the enemy to trap you in what you once were. you got to know who you are today and shake it off, the hurts of the past. Shake it off because God has a plan for your life. You are cured. And the evidence of that is in Mark chapter 6 again. They went out in 6, 12, and 13. So they went out and proclaimed the people should repent. And they cast out demons and anointed with oil many who were sick, and they healed them. They couldn't shut them up. That little band of 12, they could not shut up. When you are free... You're going to see the power of God moving in your life. You're going to see the power of God moving in the churches you go to. You're going to see the power of God flowing through you. And no one's going to be able to shut you up because you're no longer stuck in the mud. You're going to be, it's going to be like fire shot up in your bones. You're going to be up on the platform singing and dancing and having fun preaching the gospel out, making a fool of yourself in the H-E-B parking lot, standing up on a tailgate of a truck, letting people know that there's hope. Amen. Here we are this morning. I do not want to let anybody walk out this door in their Sunday best with a smile on your face Hurting. I don't want you to walk out this door the way you came in. I want you to walk out of this healed, restored. So this morning, I want you to stand up with me. I'm not the only one that experienced hurt and rejection. My dad wasn't, my dad wasn't a, a bad man. Um, he was a really good man. I really loved him because he wasn't a nice man. He drank a lot. And when he was drinking, he wasn't allowed to talk to us kids because he wasn't a nice man when he was drinking. I remember my mom and dad having some pretty bad blowouts. <laughs> but it was only when he was drinking. He didn't drink a whole lot. 
just every few days. So I know what abuse is, not necessarily physical. It was more verbal. My older brother's experienced a little more physical, I think. But I was so good looking, they, Dad didn't want to hurt me. No. My mom saved me there. I know what abuse is. I know what hurt is. I know what rejection is. I know how it can slow you down. But maybe you've been covering it up for, for years. I'm not, I'm not asking you to, to spill your guts to me. I'm saying you need to spill your guts to Jesus Christ. It's like, God, I've been carrying this around way too long. But what I'd like you to do is I'd like, the Bible says that call the elders of the church to pray over you. And I'd like to get our prayer team up here. And I'd like to ask that if you are or have been kind of got some mud stuck on your feet and you're, you're hurting, I want you to come up here because you need to be free. You need to be set free this morning. There's no sense in walking out of here the way you've come in. So come up here with me this morning. If that's you, just come on up here. We're just going to pray. I'm not going to say, hey, what's going on in your life? I just want to pray with you. That's it. I just want to pray. Ask God to set you free from that. Get that mud off your feet. Clean you up a little bit. Have a real nice smile on your face. Nice fresh heart. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Also, maybe you're here this morning and, yeah, you don't know this Jesus I've been talking about. You're not sure of your salvation. Yeah, you've come to church here and there, or maybe a lot even, and you're just not sure of your salvation. Well, I want to go to heaven. I think I might go to heaven. The Bible says we can know. If you're not sure that you are saved, that you are going to heaven, I want you to be really bold with me. This is what I did years and years ago, 85. The pastor gave the altar call. And he told us to raise our hand. It's hard. But I stuck my hand up in the air and I said, I need to be saved. Is there any here this morning that you're not sure of your salvation? Just let me see your hand. I, I just want to see your hand. Amen. Anybody else not sure of their salvation? Not sure. this week our vision is to plant churches that are life-changing if you would like to support our ministry you can easily do so by visiting our website pursuitcc.com also follow us on all social media outlets by using at pursuitcc thank you and god bless